This is a special service today. You may not know it. I didn't know it till I got up this morning. This is a special service today. It'll be up to you to how special it is to you individually. As many before me have said, the Lord is doing something special, pathway. He's wanting us to do something special for some reason. Maybe nobody else has stepped up to the plate to do it. So he's dependent on us to step up to the plate and do what needs to be done in this community. Our community needs special touch from God. But we're the least of the problems in this country. When you look at it from that standpoint, we're living in a trying time, a difficult time. And the Lord has laid on my heart a message this morning that if the Holy Spirit will help me, I will deliver it. But you play a big part in it. Because it's to you and I that he's delivering it too. Let's pray. Father, we're nothing without you. Holy Spirit, you're our strength. You're our helper. You're our guide. You're our director. You're our comforter. You're our paraclete. You're our hope for now and the future. Oh God, grant this morning, Lord, that we might be touched in such a way, individually, not corporately, but individually, Lord, minister to us that are in this house this morning, that somehow in the midst of this we might catch a fire that will cause us to minister to this community, that we might bring a change in our hearts and the hearts of those we're in fellowship with, and the hearts of those we have no idea who they are. Oh God, only you can bring this to pass, and it is you we're depending on this morning. Holy Spirit, I am useless without you. I'm powerless without you, but in you I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Grant, oh God, that our ears may be open to hear and our hearts may be receptive to receive, and we'll give you praise and honor and glory. Everybody said, Amen. I want to ask, but I hesitate to ask, just exactly what did you come to church for this morning? Some of you came because you thought the pastor was going to be up here and give you his testimony. The Lord must have decided something else. I sure wasn't expecting to be up here. But I am not sorry I'm up here. I want you to understand that. I'll do what God wants done when God wants it done to the best of my ability. I realize there are more in the house that could do better, but that's a matter of opinion. The Holy Spirit had other plans in mind. When the pastor asked me to deliver the word this morning, I have a special word for us today from the standpoint of how I look at it. Hopefully, you will look at it the same way. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very beginning of the Bible, the very first thing in the Bible, the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the earth and the Spirit moved. First time you'll see this word Spirit, but it's not the last time in the Bible. It goes throughout the entire Bible to the end till we're resurrected. The Spirit of God was on the face of the deep, hovering over the face of the waters. Very first time you hear this word spirit is in the very second verse of the Bible. Why is that important, Pastor? Because there is three people, three in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We'll hear about the Son, but the very second verse in the Bible, we hear about the Spirit. And He's hovering over the waters. That's all there is, is water and darkness. The Spirit of God hovers over the face of the waters. John said 14 and 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father... Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father. And I will pray to the Father. And I will pray to the Father. And He will give you another helper. That He may abide with you forever. First time I know the Spirit is in the second verse of the Bible. Now He tells me that He is going to abide with me forever. He's my helper. He's my protector. He's my God. He's my instructor. He's my everything. But the helper, verse 26 said, but my helper, the Holy Spirit from the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Romans 8, 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of mine. What an awesome verse of Scripture to let your mind rest on. There's just two, two things. You are abiding in the presence of God or you're not. And if you're abiding in the presence of God, you have the Spirit. If, you're not, if you don't have the Spirit, you reject the Spirit, you ignore the Spirit, you turn the Spirit away, you don't have anything to do with that Holy Spirit, you don't belong to Jesus either. That's pretty clear, pretty plain. Now, I'm not preaching a Pentecostal sermon this morning. It just sounds like it a little bit. It's not my aim at all. My aim is a whole different direction. 
And you'll think sometimes he's lost where he's going, but I won't be. Corinthians 6 said, do you not know? I mean, it's as if we should know. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? God has given us His Holy Spirit. I told you, Brother Mason. And it missed the whole top of that thing. Thank you anyway. You are trying to do good. God has given us His Holy Spirit to empower us to live in holiness. Holiness is not a doctrine as such. Don't mean that it ain't. What I'm trying to say to you is this is not the direction I'm going. Holiness is not a denomination. Holiness is not something you put a name on the front of the church, that it's a holiness church. Holiness is an experience inside of you which the Holy Spirit keeps up all the time. You're holy because I am holy. Holiness he, the Holy Spirit, is within us so we can live pleasing to God and to each other every day. 24, 7 or 724, however you want to say it. Romans 5, 5, His love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You can't even love God unless you accept the Holy Spirit to reign in, in your heart and in your life. Most of our existence this morning is with what are we going to do with the children, what are we going to do with our work job, how are we going to make it, what are we going to eat this week, what are we going to buy, what kind of shows are we going to watch, where are we going to go for just relaxation, etc. That's our existence. What can we do with our children? How are we going to educate, etc. Marriage. We invest in all of these things. But do you know the best investment you'll ever make in your life and for your children and for your family and for your neighbors? Is to invest in your church, not this building, in your church through the Holy Spirit. You are a group of people. You're not pathway people. You're God's people. You're saved by God. You're filled with the Spirit by God. You're kept by the Holy Spirit. You're moved by the Holy Spirit. Your activities is by the Holy Spirit. Or else He's not there. And Jesus is not there. I just want Jesus. I don't want nothing to do with all that other stuff. You're mistaken. You do want to do something with all this other stuff. You do want to do something with the Holy Spirit. Yesterday's anointing and today's anointing, and then there's tomorrow's anointing. I don't want to stay up there. Yesterday's anointing, when I think about yesterday's anointing, I think about when I was growing up as a kid. When I grew up as a kid, Brother Roger, we belonged to a church called Church of God, not the non-domination Church of God. They just called it that when they built it. And they said, we're Pentecostal. I didn't know what that meant, but we're Pentecostal even though we were born Baptist. And when we talked about holiness, 
He'd met people that done all these crazy things that folks in the community laughed at and talked about. But that wasn't the anointing. And today's anointing is not that. Today's anointing is of the Holy Spirit that must abide in every child of God in this room. There is, this is a great need in our church today. We need, we need a fresh move of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our churches. We need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Today I will not deal with every area of the Holy Spirit. I'm just dealing in one area. God help me. But with His work and His presence in your personal life, which also includes part of this church. My beginning in some of these places may seem odd to you, but if you listen close, it will be a blessing. My aim is to get you to see the importance of He, the Spirit, in your life. I draw a conclusion in an Old Testament scripture in Samuel 15. Samuel said, Hath the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of realms. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as the iniquity and adultery. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Talking about the king of his day. The Bible said Samuel came no more to see Saul. What does that have to do with your sermon, brother? It has a lot to do with it. Samuel had returned from his own house, had returned to his own house in Ramah with a resolution not to appear anymore in public. But he taught the rest of his days wholly giving instructions to the prophets over whom he was. The Bible said in Samuel 16, one of the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from being over Israel? Find thine horn with oil, or Holy Spirit, and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Saul had become yesterday's anointing. Saul had become yesterday's man. Saul had become someone for the past. And God said to Samuel, how long will you stay with this man? It's time to move on. It's time for a new anointing. It's time for a new level. It's time for a new generation to to come along. It's time for the new generation to pick up the battling and run with it to pick up the baton and, and go with it. I don't want to be yesterday's man. I don't want to be yesterday's church. I don't want to be the church I grew up in. Didn't say something's wrong with it. I don't want to be that church. I'm an old man now, but I want to be up to date. I want to be the now man. I want to be the now filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be now the person who's on fire for God. I want to be the person now that God can speak to and move upon and do things with. And this church, 
Don't need to be the church it was when we was back over in the gym. This church don't need to be the church that we was ten years ago. This church needs to be the church it needs to be today. It needs to fulfill the will of God in Blythville, Arkansas in 2020. Yes, the songs have changed. Thank God for the songs changing. I was born in 1942. I'm older than Israel. Do I want to live in 1942? No. I want to live today. I want to be God's man now. There's so many things going through my mind. I don't know which one of them to take, Lord. I don't want to just be anybody. I don't want to just be another church. I don't want to just attend another church service. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God to move when He speaks and sit still, when He says sit still. I want to be God's man in 2020. I want to be the prayer man in 2020. I want to be the servant in 2020. Lord, have mercy. Some of you, the only time you get anything is when you show up on Sunday morning and when you leave here, you don't never feel it touch of God until you come back and they sing a fast song next Sunday morning. I'm preaching to you now. I don't want to leave here this morning without the Holy Spirit going with me. I don't want to, oh, I don't want to leave here this morning without the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to watch your steps today, boy. I don't want to leave here, Brother Cup, without the Holy Spirit saying, I'm right with you. I'm right by your side. I won't never leave you. I won't never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. Yes, my time is getting closer all the time. But I'm not afraid. Why am I not afraid, Sister Lawson? Because the Holy Spirit is alive and well. Boy, this sermon's getting too long. Most of you in this room know how hard it is for us to give up our old ways of doing church. How many people in this room above 50 years old? Raise your hand. Half. Maybe more than half. How many of you, below, how many of you are 30 or below? Raise your hand. Oh, Lord, just chickens. Just young folks. Well, to you that are young, you need to discover now who the Holy Spirit is. And to you that are old, you need to renew your step with Him. You don't need to depend on what happened 40 years ago. What is the anointing anyway, Pastor? It is the Holy Spirit living inside of us. That's the anointing. The Holy Spirit living inside of us. You can't turn it on and you can't turn it off. That doesn't mean we lose control. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet's control. But 1 Corinthians 14.32 says, And the spirit of the prophet is subject 
to the prophet. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He sometimes moves, moves in with us and, and, and we, when we least expect it. I'll get ahead of my sermon a little bit here probably because I think it's somewhere in my notes. But I said to my Sunday school class this morning, you know it's a problem when you teach Sunday school class. I ain't going to preach the same day. They get it twice. Let me move on. I believe the anointing is unmerited favor. Now let me say it this way. I know the anointing is unmerited favor. It is sheer grace from our Father. Jesus is the one that said, I'll pray to the Father that He send you the Comforter. The Spirit can be grieved and the Spirit can be quenched. Have you ever done either one of them? Ephesians 4.30 And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Your hope is on the Holy Spirit. Your hope is based on Him abiding with you and keeping you and watching over you. In other words, don't Take Him for granted. Don't take Him for granted. Let Him be what He will be in your life. Let Him speak when He wants to. Like when I was stubborn a few weeks ago, months maybe now, when Danny was told that he had going to have to have triple bypass. We're going to cut you open, boy. I'm sitting in the chair and you've heard me say it probably. I say it a lot. Because it was so profound to me. Said it's going to be a month before I can get to see the doctor, get it done. My, my reaction was something. I won't say. Darlene sitting over another chair and the Holy Ghost said to me, I got this. I said to Darlene, don't worry no more. Holy Spirit said, I got this. If he said I got it, he got it. And that's what you need to understand. You need to know him well enough to know that in the moment when you need him most, in the moment when you don't have nowhere else to turn and nothing else to stand on, the Holy Spirit can walk up beside you and whisper in your heart, I got this. Do you know I'm, I'm a little slow? You ever notice that I'm a little slow? I'm sitting over at the hospital... They called to Karen and said, we have now finished the third bypass. We're just sitting here with him open watching. Make sure there's no, no, no blood leaks or anything. Said then we'll call you back when we close him. Phone didn't get off in the ear of Karen very far before it called back. About 20, 25 of us in the room said, we got some complications. We'll call you back later. Something to that effect. I just blurted out. Let's pray. Everybody prayed. And while I'm sitting there, you know what I am? The Holy Spirit. He said, I told you. He added three words to his first words. 
I told you I had this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm just slow. We're slow, aren't we? The Holy Spirit has it. If He's in you and abiding in you and He's there if you want Him to be. I said He's there if you want Him to be. We must be careful to stay in our God-given anointing. In my dad's generation, there was an unusual anointing of conviction and power in their church. We lived as far as you could get from anywhere in the world. And when they went to church, often the old dirt farms give out, wore out with overalls, and the ladies had a long dress on with an apron. That's the way they all dressed, whether they're saved or unsaved. It wasn't holding this thing, it was just the way it was. We went to our church called Douglas Chapel, Church of God. We didn't even know the church of God. That is what we called it. They would start a revival. I remember it well, Keith, as a boy sitting on the back pew. I don't know how Daddy let me sit on the back pew. A few times he drug me forward, though, to the front pew when I got out of hand. Sitting on the back pew, and a preacher would come along. We didn't have no pastor. He'd just come along and preach. And the power of the presence and the Spirit of the Holy Spirit would get so strong in the house until people that had come off in the farms stood outside smoking and, and cursing at each other. And outside, those old hard-crusted men would start crying. Nobody went out there and talked to them. I always wished I'd have took pictures of that. After a while, one of them said, I can't take it no more, and he'd run down the aisle, fall on his knees, over and over and over again. You mean that's what we got to do, Brother Rigney? No, 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 that ain't what I mean. I mean the presence of God needs to be in your life so powerful that it seems almost impossible for lost people to stand around you. You should be ready any opportunity that comes up ready to tell somebody how wonderful God is in your life, how awesome the Spirit is. But that was yesterday. That was yesterday. I can't go on yesterday's experience. Genesis twenty-six eighteen said, Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. We must redig the wells of salvation in pathway. We must do it all over again. Yes, we had some awesome times, but forget about the awesome times. Not necessarily forget about them, but you can't live on them now. You've got to have an experience this morning. Wells have an interesting history in the Old Testament. We don't have time to talk about that much, but I think it's important to look at just a little bit. Back in Genesis chapter 21, Abraham dug a well of water. The enemy of God had taken the well away from him. You see, water is a source of life. 
Water is, is referred to in the Bible in many places the same as the Holy Spirit. Both of them is a source of life. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. That's what the Holy Spirit does in the vessel of a man or a woman or a boy or a girl when he's accepted in, when he's welcomed in, when he's invited in and let know that you want him with you the rest of the days of your life. I'll tell you, you'll have a hard time cussing out loud. Didn't say you wouldn't. I said you'd have a hard time. And just as soon as it left your lips, Hey, somebody who you didn't think was watching or listening caught you. I want to say by the nap of the neck, but I don't know where the Holy Spirit would catch me at. Shut me down like that. The, keep this in mind. The enemy goal is to stop the flow in your life. Flow. Stop the spirit in your life, which is your source of power. Abraham had a number of wells dug because of the dryness in the land. The enemy of God, the Philistines, working on behalf of the devil, came along and stuffed wells full of stuff. That's just like the enemy. Won't get in, but he don't want you to get in. He don't want blessed, but he don't want you blessed. He'd like to keep you down because he's down. There is one purpose. You've been sitting there wondering, what in the world are you preaching this for? There is one purpose of this sermon, preaching this sermon, this is it. It began in one, to begin in you or me, a hunger and a thirst. If I fail, this morning to develop in you a hunger and a thirst for the Holy Spirit. I will be a sad man. Matthew said 5, 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Thought come to me about whales. I got thinking about whales because of reading, thinking about dead and his time. Former whales hit my mind. Former whales. Former whales. I looked at, like to look back at the eighth month revival. How many of you were in the eighth month revival? Let's see your hand. Maybe, maybe a third. Maybe a third of people in here was in the eighth month revival. Maybe you had somebody tell you about it. We left more than a gym. We'd got the sanctuary here through with, and we was happy campers. We were happy campers and we marched. We had a march one day. I forget what we named that march. Anybody remember? Come to me the other day, but I didn't write it down. We, we, we picked up our chair. We had chairs. We, we picked our chair up and brought it with us to sit on. Okay? Brought it into here. The ladies going to have a ladies meeting like y'all have on second Wednesday night. They're going to have a ladies' meeting. And somebody in the ladies' group said, why don't we invite the men to come be with us one time? And they invited the men to come and be with them in their ladies' meeting. And they got 
Sister Brewer and Glenda. That's who their speaker was going to be that night. Well, since the men come, we all come inside of here. And nobody exactly knows what happened except the Lord showed up at the ladies' meeting. And we had church for eight months. The last service, we had 405 in attendance that night. Eight months we come to church and God showed out. Why'd you bring that up, Brother Rigney? Because I want you to know you can't live on that eight-month experience. We've got to have our experience now. We've got to have Pathways experience now. Our little ones wasn't there. My grandkids, great-grandkids wasn't there. They don't know anything about it other than what I tell them. They need their eight months. They need their experience. The former wells. The wells our fathers dug. Growing up as a young man, my mom and dad handed down to me their faith. They provided a spiritual place for me to begin. But I couldn't stay there. I have to dig my own well. They discovered an overflow of God's life-giving water in a free will Baptist church. I can't even remember going to church there when they went. I went to that same church. Funny thing come to my mind this week when I was putting this in my notes. That same church that they turned my mom and daddy out of and half of the rest of the church, that same church, their pastor this morning, it's still free with Baptist Church, but their pastor is a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, free with Baptist preacher. <laughs> That's sort of humorous, ain't it, you think about it. I'm sorry. Lord, help me. They discovered an overflow of God, life-giving water, in a free will Baptist tent revival. Dad would tell me of the moves of God in the 30s. Those early wells had, had, had good water in them. But over time, they got filled up. And Daddy said, we've got to redig the well. Friend, we have to redig the well every now and then. We have to redig the well every now and then. You'll get a lot of stuff out. Hurts, pains. We have not been able to deal with losses in our life. We haven't been able to deal with sufferings in our life. We haven't been able to deal with. Only way we've been able to deal with it is ask God, why? Why? Why do these kind of things happen to a godly person? Why do these kind of things happen to a person filled with the Holy Spirit? Why do these things happen? Only God knows. But there is one thing I do know, and that is if I will love God and I will welcome the Holy Spirit into my heart and life 24-7, the Holy Spirit is going to be with me when I'm standing up. He's going to go to bed with me when I lay down, when I fall into the ruts of the times and have a difficulty my life when, when, when somebody like, like your son is going to have surgery. That's not the end of the world. It may seem like it, but it's not. 
not if you have the Holy Spirit flowing in your heart and in your life. Don't be like the Free Will Baptist Church during Daddy's time when the Holy Spirit came. Half of them got kicked out of the church. Hmm. That's sort of strange. Since they didn't bring it to start with. What do we do? When the spiritual flow gets stopped up, what do we do? When I'm down to the bottom and I don't know which way to go, what do I do? When everything I've always lived for is now gone out of my hand, what do I do? Well, I'm going to tell you what you do. You dig a new well or clean out the one you got. You dig until you strike an overflow. You ever hear of artesian wells? They, 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 they drill for them on purpose in Mississippi. They wanted to brag they're the only one in the community that has an overflowing well. Well, I can tell you when the Holy Spirit come to me, I've had one ever since. You can have an overflow. What do we do when we lose our way? We redig the well. John said in 7, For the Scriptures declare that rivers of living water shall flow from the innermost being of anyone who believes in me. Rivers of living water shall flow. But the well is stopped. Then dig it out. I've been hurt too many times and dig it out. I've been in pain too long. Dig it out. Welcome a fresh anointing. Welcome a fresh flow. We can have an overflow again. Oh, I've got to go get through. When we begin to clean the old well and put aside things like strife, things like bitterness, things like unbelief, things like immoral thoughts and actions, things like hardness of heart, things like jealousy, and go after the Holy Spirit, we will have a breakthrough at our house. We will have a breakthrough at our house. We will have a breakthrough at our house. Hello? The questions is, are we hungry for the river of God again? How fed up are we with the way of life? Let me give you these scriptures. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized you with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, Don't you, what, didn't you wonder why they didn't ask him, What do you mean you're going to fill us with the Holy Spirit? They didn't ask him that. 
They said, are you going to restore the kingdom? He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons, seasons which your Father has put in His own power, but you shall be, shall receive power from when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witness of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. I'm in the other most parts of the world. And he filled me with his spirit. Do I have to beg for it, Pastor? No. Just get a hungry for it. Do I have to worry about him? No. Just make him welcome. But don't you know, y'all, 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 I told you I was just preaching one of this. Now when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's where we are this morning. One place, let's be in one accord. One accord, one place. I don't have the ability to bring people to a place of one accord. I don't have the ability to bring people to a place of hunger. But the Holy Spirit can bring one accord in one place and bring hunger at the same time. 120 came to the upper room. Do you know they were thousands that listened to Jesus, but only 120 believed Him that there was something special if they went to the upper room, Brother Roger? Some of you, you knobs cut me off but when I started, but listen to me. Don't be so hasty. Mom and dad, when that free will bed was revival out of hunger for God, the Holy Spirit showed up. It wasn't because the free will Baptist church was talking to them about it and giving them instructions about it and praying over them. They never had heard whether there be such a thing as the Holy Spirit. That's their words. They had never heard of nothing like this in them woods. Then there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon them. The Holy Spirit don't care what the name of this church is. All He cares about is the pathway will yield themselves to Him and embrace Him and call upon Him and say, Do whatsoever you will in us and through us, our Heavenly Father. Your Holy Spirit is welcome in this house. The Holy Spirit don't care what denomination you belong to. It'll set up on you if you invite Him. Not only He don't care whether you're a favorite or not. He got no favorites. Whosoever will. Acts 2, 2 said, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. In the little Free Will Baptist Church, it came in the form of a ball of fire. How will the overflow come in my life, Brother Rigney? I believe the wind is ready to blow again in God's church. 
Musicians get ready. I'm trying to close. In order for things to change, the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit must come. It will come when we have revival in prayer. Did you hear me? I didn't say it will come when we have a revival. I said it will come when we have revival in prayer. We've got to pray. There's not a one of you sitting in here this morning that, that you are not prayed. I prayed for you this week. You say, Brother Regan, surely you didn't call all of our names? No, I didn't. I couldn't remember them. But I prayed for every one of you. Well, how'd you do that since you didn't know I was going to be here? I knew you was going to be here. I'd done the thing that I'd know I prayed. I went down every pew. Every one of them. Never missed a one. Praying, crying, bawling and squalling. You said, well, you want me to pat you on the back? No. I want you to know if you walk out of here and you don't have what you need, it's not my fault. Blame yourself. But Brother Rick, don't be so hard on us. Hey, listen, we're living in an hour where we've got to be hard on each other. I want the wind of the Spirit to flow. Seems like these pages won't never end, will they? David inquired of the Lord and he said, I'm back to where I started. And he said, and come upon them in front of the, the Spirit of the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord and he said, you shall not go up. This is what I want you to do. Circle around behind them, talking about the enemy that had done destroyed them, and come up on them in front of the mulberry tree. Now it didn't do nothing for me to start with. So it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the top of the mulberry tree said, you got the battle won. Take it. The enemy's over. Friend, if you ever hear the sound of the marching in the top of the mulberry tree, you got the battle whipped. And for me, all I had to do, sound the Holy Spirit had to do was say, I got this! I heard the sound in the mulberry tree. Darling can tell you I just broke down a squall like a whip baby. Am I special enough for the Holy Spirit to be interested in? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Are you special enough for the Holy Spirit to be interested in? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's not a one of you in this building that God doesn't love, that God doesn't care about, that God doesn't want to bless. Ain't not a one of you in this business, in this building, that God doesn't want to surround you with His presence, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus! My Bible says, is at the right hand of God the Father making intercession. I don't know exactly where the Father is except in the Father's house. Are you listening? I know where Jesus is. He's at the right hand of the Father watching over. But then, that's that third person of the Godhead. Jesus said, He will be with you all way, even to the end of the world. I wouldn't want to walk out of this house and get in my truck and drive down the road without the Holy Ghost. 
when I get in and turn it on, I say to the Holy Ghost, you with me, aren't you? Watch for me. I don't make good sense sometimes when I drive. Darlene's not in here. Watch for me. You say, Brother Reagan, that's foolish. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. He is a protector. He is a guide. He is a paraclete. It's time to dig a new well pathway. What's wrong with the old one? Nothing's wrong with the old one. We just need a good new one. A refreshing. Our prayers are maybe dry. Sermons maybe not what we think they ought to be. One's teaching is not what maybe we think it ought to be. Dryness is around. It's time to dig a new well pathway. Thank God for the old wells. They got me this far. But I want to travel in the new realm, in the new well. Genesis said also Isaac, servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water. And when you go and look at that, they found a gusher. They found an overflow. It washes out all the stuff. It don't just sit down on the ground and let stuff pile in on it. You know about an old gusher, did you? Guys that had an artesian or a gusher on their farm, they just put a spigot on it and let it run. Let it run. They didn't have to go down and dig out the trash. Couldn't nothing get in it. It just run. That's the way you and I are meant to be in the Holy Spirit. We're meant to run. We're meant to go forward. We're meant to go forward, Brother L. Query. Oh, yes. i got to stop. Oh, Brother L. Query was pastoring in Harrison, Arkansas in the early 70s. I was there in a revival with him. He shared this story with me one day as we sat on the altar after prayer. Brother Rick, now I got so dry I got hungry for a new wave of God's glory. This was an elderly man who'd been a great preacher a long time. I looked up to him. So he said to myself, I will get in my closet and pray through. And he got in his closet, prayed through. It got too small, and he said, I went out into the bedroom. I prayed, and he said, the bedroom got too small, and I went out into the living room. He said, after a while, it got too small. I went out in the yard, in the churchyard. How hungry are you? He said, the Lord turned the blessing loose on me. I couldn't stop. And he finally said, God, will you shut it off? I can't take no more. I pray to God this morning, we get so full of the Holy Spirit pathway, we have to holler, shut it off. I can't take no more. Oh, God, send us a river that flows. Send us a river that flows. What we didn't do, dig, dig with prayer. Every one of us needs strength. Every one of us needs courage. Every one of us needs humility. Every one of us needs love. Every one of us needs faith. Every one of us needs hope. Every one of us needs joy. Every one of us needs peace. Every one of us needs long-suffering. Every one of us needs gentleness and goodness and meekness and holiness and power and wisdom and truth and comfort faithfulness and authority. We find all these in the Holy Spirit. Would you stand?
Brother Cup, you and Sister Cup and Marilyn come and stand facing the congregation here. Brother, Brother Keith. Brother Keith, you come and stand here. I don't know, Danny, if you feel like it or not. Brother Roger, come down and stand, Brother Cove. Brother Wendell here? No, he's not here. Yeah, he is. Brother Wendell, come. Kathy's here. Bring her with you. Brother Mesa, you and Sister Mesa, come and stand here. Why am I, Brother Kurt, come and stand here with Roger? Why am I doing this? If you got any ounce of hunger in your life for more of God, for a touch of God on behalf of your family, there is nothing you can do will benefit your family more than you being full of the Holy Spirit. I've got to come up there and stand and wait till I speak in tongues. Nope, that's not what I'm talking about. That's a whole other subject. That's a whole other thing. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will come into us when we welcome Him, when we invite Him. He will be with us in our suffering, in our trials. Every now and then I'll get on Darlene's Facebook and read. I'll see this one requesting a prayer and that one. I'll see this one saying how horrible, blah, 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 this is and that is. And I say to myself, I wonder if they have the Holy Spirit abiding in their life. And then I say to myself, oh, if they did, they need to understand that He is present all the time. And He will comfort them. He will stand with them and by their side. You must understand this fact. Now, I don't care how many preachers listen on this thing and how many of you think He's missed the great part of the Holy Spirit. I told you I was dealing with one thing. And I'm dealing with the thing that I believe we need bad. We need all the other we need. But one thing you got to get first, and that is a yielding, a willingness to abide. Let the Holy Spirit abide with you. Let the Holy Spirit be with you. Let the Holy Spirit be somebody that you recognize when you're on that job working, whatever you're working with, that you can say, Holy Spirit, protect me. Holy Spirit, watch out for me here, what I'm doing. See, I'm afraid too many churches and too many people are walking around that call themselves Christians. I'm not saying they're not Christians. I'm saying we're missing out on the best thing God ever gave us. And that is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. How I many of this generation, you can't raise your children by yourself. You need the help of the God. You need the Holy Spirit's help. I mean, you can't walk in this world and successfully make it through without the devil getting you if you don't have the Holy Spirit guarding the way. He stands, he stands against everything that comes to attack you. I wouldn't do anything without the Holy Spirit. I sat in my dear stand. He's my best friend. In the deer stand, I sing to him, I sing with him. One of my favorites, that little song you sung this morning, I told you to sing. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Holy Spirit. I sat there in my stand and sang, sweet Holy Spirit. I know I can't sing, but the deer don't know it. 
The birds don't know it. But the Holy Spirit knows it. And He just sings along with me. Brother Rigney, where did you get such a sermon from? He just come to me. Through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I know I'm kidding a little time, but I'm trying to figure out exactly which way He wants me to go. Sometimes I'm slow. If you are in this building this morning and you have a real concern for your children, your grandchildren, whichever it might be, and you want to have an effect on them, you need to come down here in front of some of these folks and let them pray with you where two or three agree. Scripturally, is what I'm trying to do. Where two or three agree in my name as touching what? Any. You don't have it that he can't touch. My heart's grieving for some somebody in this building this morning. Lord hides it from me. Come and stand in front of these folks down here and say, Pray for me. Pray for me. Don't be afraid, you guys that are down here to pray. This is not what you normally do. But just go ahead, reach out, join them. Pray for me. If you want a closer fellowship with Him, pray for me. They don't have to touch you, but they may need you to touch them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. God, touch these that's already come. You're struggling with a family matter. Somebody is having a family problem. And I know you sure ain't going to want to walk out after that. You need to recognize the Holy Spirit, your biggest helper. The Holy Spirit, your biggest helper. Don't turn Him away. Don't turn Him away or welcome Him. Or welcome Him into your life today. Don't let it go by you. How many of you will just come and stand up here behind these that has come wanting, wanting something? They've stepped out and acknowledged they want something. You'll come and stand up here with them and pray as they get ready to sing. And pray with them.